Hey, Natalie, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat. Of course. I'm so excited to chat too. If you want to start by just introducing yourself to the audience, just giving us a little bit more about who you are and what you do and maybe where you currently live. Yes. My name's Natalie Bell. I am currently living in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I'm looking at my skyline right now. Cleveland gets so knocked, but I love it so much. It's like, I always call it cutie Cleve because it's just like such a cute little city. Um, I'm also a nurse at the Cleveland Clinic. So that's what I was I what I do like during the day and my day job. And then I just started a life coaching business last year. Um, so I, I love to connect with people about mental health, dating relationships, things like that. Um, and then I also do like content creation and um, social media. So that's a little bit about me, but I keep myself very busy and um, I love it. Yeah, I know. I love that. I was going to say that's a lot to balance, but I also, my dad's from Cleveland. So I love like the cutie Cleveland. That's really cute. But yeah. So how did, what inspired you specifically to start like creating content as well as becoming a, a life coach? So my content creation journey kind of started um, after a big breakup that I went through, like it's been like four or five years ago now. And it was a way for me to get my message out there about my healing journey. And it was just almost like therapeutic for me to share um, in that way and and just get support in that way. And then also let people know that they're not alone. So um, I started sharing just like open and honestly and, and more vulnerably via social media. I call it like my, like my digital journal. I don't journal like right, but I speak a lot. So I go back to some of my videos and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I remember how I felt like in that moment. Um, and, and just being, being able to share and, and convey what you're going through, um, through screen, um, I think is, is really special in connecting with other people, letting them know, like, you're also not perfect and you're going through things and, um, they're not alone too. if They're going through something similar. So the big breakup kind of sparked my content creation and then it's just kind of blossomed and evolved through the years as I've gone through different things and, um, just being able to share about my journey. Yeah, no, I think that is so cool. And I think like, it's so cool that you had the courage to start sharing that online because so many people go through breakups and I think a breakup can be so isolating, but so many people do go through it. So I think it's so cool that you share it and are vulnerable about all the feelings that you have because people can connect to that and relate to that. And also just makes them feel much less alone as they navigate it. So I think that's very cool that you had the courage to do that because a lot of people don't. So I think it's very cool. Yeah, I think uh, it just goes back to like my my want to help other people, and it's very intentional the way that I share. Just that I want I want to help people through my journey and and through my struggles. And you know, I I've heard it said that like your healing out loud helps somebody else not suffer in silence. And so if I can help somebody not suffer in silence just because I'm willing and able to use my voice to help people, I'm more than happy and willing to do that. Yeah, no, I love that so much. And I think like there is a purpose for all the experiences that you go to go through. And it's like, sometimes it won't make sense during the process. But once you kind of get through it, you're like, oh, wow, I want to help someone that's like going through something I went through like two years ago. And it's so empowering to be able to share that because it not only like, just like probably empowers you, but it also helps someone else who might be struggling with something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And so the like a life coach specifically, what is a life coach just for like the audience? Yeah, I, I would say a life coach is just um, somebody who supports you in wherever you are trying to get to, whatever you're trying to get through, um, helps you 
along that journey of finding a new perspective, um, creating goals for yourself, healing through breakups. Um, a life coach is very like umbrella like, I feel like, and there's so many different topics that fall under that. But generally, um, my kind of like specialty or niche is like dating really and relationships and then like self love, self growth, um, and like a little bit of um, fitness and nutrition stuff too. Uh, but they all kind of go hand in hand under mental health. Yeah, of course. And so if someone's coming to you and they like had just broken up with a significant other, like what would be like your first advice to them? Oh, that's such a good question. And it would just be, it's so dependent on the person I think in a situation, but I, I think it, it just goes back to like the want to grow. So it's like you, you have to want to grow from this. You have to want to heal from this. And so it's like, we get to take accountability for our healing moving forward we can't play the blame game of my partner did this and my partner did that. It's taking ownership of like my own healing now and how can I move forward? It's how you take your power back in that situation and, and really use, you know, different tools and um, different maybe like behavior changes or goal setting techniques that help you to move forward in a positive and a healthy way. Yeah. And like kind of before like getting into what what I just asked you, I really meant to like also ask like just like specifically talking more about breakups. Like I feel like for me personally, I just went through a breakup and it took me a while to really make the final decision to actually break up with the person because I'm very scared to like let things go. And like, and I went back and forth for so long, whether it was like time to let go or maybe it was something that was worth working through, stuff like that. How do you like help people make that decision, whether it's time to like fully let go? Totally. I think um, I made a TikTok about this once and I said something along the lines of like when the pain of staying outweighs the pain of leaving or like the fear, that's when you know it's time to leave. Like when, when you just get to a point of in your gut knowing this isn't where I'm supposed to be anymore then then you'll know like you'll make that choice but you have to get to a point of like being so unfulfilled in the relationship and almost like yes it's scary to let go but it's scarier to hang on to this person knowing how i feel right now and um i just can't do it anymore so i think you just have to get to that point and i think that timeline is different for for different people and just different variables that are included in that but I think when, when the pain of staying outweighs the pain of leaving, that's when you'll know. Yeah, I know that makes sense. And any recommendations for people that like do break up with someone, like any ways to like grieve the relationship? Um, I would say one of the best things I think is no contact. And it's also one of the hardest things. So creating like separation between you and the breakup and you and the person, I think is a big step in starting your healing journey. Um, the next thing I'd say is to literally let yourself go through the grieving process because essentially you're losing somebody. It's just in a different way than like death and dying. You're losing somebody who's still living, but you still get to grow, go through the grief process. So that means like getting angry, feeling your feelings, being depressed, you know, being in denial, sometimes bargaining, and then eventually moving to acceptance. Like you still get to go through that grieving process. And it's going to be really hard. So, you know, there's no sugarcoating healing and there's no sugarcoating heartbreak other than like knowing that you, you did make the right decision, but sometimes the right decision is going to hurt. Absolutely. And I think you have to like always have that in the back of your head. Like you did make the right decision and like not second guessing yourself because I feel like that's when you can start to really spiral. And it's very normal to like, I feel like have up like roller coaster of 
roller coaster of emotions as you do grieve it, but just like really being confident in yourself and trusting that you made the right decision. Yeah. And I think as humans, we sometimes think of things as so black and white and there's so much gray area when it comes to our feelings. So what I like to tell my clients, a big thing is you're allowed to have and feelings. So like you're allowed to be both relieved and sad. So, you know, allow yourself to feel those and feelings. So you then you won't like pigeonhole yourself into like, I have to feel this way or I'm supposed to be feeling this way because I broke up with the person. Like you can both be happy that it's over and also miss that person. So just allow yourself to feel both spectrum, like both sides of the spectrum. Absolutely. Is there any like affirmations that like you suggest someone tell themselves like going, like after going through a breakup? I would say the biggest thing is just trusting yourself. So building up the affirmations that, that, you know, putting into play the affirmations that support that thought. Like, I trust that I'm making the right decision to support myself and align with myself. And I trust that my gut feelings are like guiding me in the right direction. So just like affirming your decisions and affirming that like you're trusting your decisions um, just will allow you to, I think, move through that in a better way. Yeah. And I know like it's going to depend on the person, like when they should start maybe getting back into the dating scene. But if someone feels ready to get back out into dating, like what recommendations or mindsets or anything like advice you'd give to someone who's just wanting to put the, put themselves out there? I think you just have to start before you're, before you're ready. Like before you feel ready, you're just going to have to start. And that goes along with like any other thing in life. A lot of times you're not going to feel ready, but you'll, you'll get ready on the way there. So just make the decision and go for it. And then one of my biggest pieces of dating advice in general is to just like make a list of all the things that you want in a partner and then work on being that yourself. Um, so, you know, if you want somebody who is honest and trustworthy and good at communicating, like be that first. Um, because then you'll attract the right partner into your life. I love that idea because I think you have to find it in yourself before you can like look for it elsewhere. Like if you want like a reliable person or like someone who's loyal, you need to like make sure that you're doing that yourself before like looking for it elsewhere. Totally. And like you get to practice what you preach. So if you say, if you're saying that you want something in somebody else, well, then you also have to show up in that way because it's, you know, that's not fair then to expect somebody else to behave a certain way when you're not also acting that way. So I think that that's like, like reciprocation and that is, is huge. Yeah. And you're also going to attract probably someone like, like who, when you are like, like, um, modeling that behavior that will also have that type of behavior. But what, what advice would you have to someone who feels like they're back in the date, like now we're dating and they're back in the dating scene. They feel like they're doing everything they possibly can to put themselves out there, meet someone, but they feel like they're still not meeting anyone or nothing's working out. I would just say, keep, I keep trying. I mean, it's, it's tough because I think, um, there's so much like digital options out there. So, you know, with, with dating apps, I, I don't personally do dating apps. And so, I know a lot of people do, but if you're not on them, then you get to be out and about and putting yourself in different situations to meet people. So that means doing things that you're probably not comfortable doing, but in order to like grow, you have to step out of that comfort zone. So, you know, going to certain events in the city by yourself, going to a coffee shop and sitting there and, you know, saying hi to people or, you know, giving people random compliments when, when you pass them, just, you know, going and being out and about, I think, um, not just relying on, you know, going out to the bars or wherever you typically think that you'd meet somebody, like step out of the box and try different things, like join a group, like join a running club, do like volleyball in the summer, like 
just like little things like that, that you'll be able to meet people more. Yeah. Well, my mom always says like, you'll meet someone doing something you love. So I feel like you need to put yourself in places where like you enjoy doing like, for example, like I feel like I used to be like kind of like into the party scene, whereas like now I'm not. So it's like, I'm not really going to maybe necessarily meet a guy at a bar at 2 a.m. versus maybe now I'm like, I'm trying to like join a run club. I'm trying to, you know, go to more workout classes because that stuff's more important to me. Whereas like, I'll probably meet a like-minded person who like, I might want be more interested in dating than someone who's out to like three in the morning at bars. So I feel like it's like putting yourself in places where you would meet someone with like a similar interest and like a similar lifestyle. Yeah. Like where would my ideal partner be right now? Go there and, and have it be like something that you're also aligned with. So, you know, if you like to work out, going to a new workout class or joining a run club or joining a new gym and like being, it's all about like how you show up in those spaces too. If you show up and you have like RBF and you're not open to like, even like talking to other people, like no one is going to talk to you. You have to like be approachable and have good energy there. So like being very mindful of how you're showing up um, in those kind of settings too, I think is really important thing to consider. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. Do you like have any advice for people who feel like they go to those events and like, they're kind of nervous to put themselves out there, like maybe fear of rejection, or they're just like more of a quiet person, like any advice to those types of people? Yeah. I would say go with a buddy, bring a, bring a buddy with you, whether that's a girlfriend or, you know, if you're a boy, bring, bring a guy friend and just don't go alone. And then you're more likely to, I, I feel like strike up conversation. If there's somebody by your side to like, kind of like buffer you and help you out, like bring a wing girl or a wing man just to kind of be there with you. So once you do like enter in a relationship or once you are dating and you finally meet someone that you kind of want to like take that next step with, with being in a relationship, do, are there any cues or like indicators that maybe they are the right person for you to begin a relationship with? I think um, it's it's a feeling that you get. Like it's a it's a feeling of alignment. It's a feeling of wanting to continue to pursue. I think there's um, like a level of excitement that you should feel or want to feel or desire to feel in in that connection with somebody. And I think you just like feel that little bit of a like spark and connection. And there's like three big categories that I would say to kind of focus on when it comes to like finding a partner and then. Um, going down the road of a relationship is compatibility, the chemistry and the connection. So those three things, if you're feeling those three things, then most likely like in like, that's your body's way or your mind's way of telling you like, this could be a potential, like really good partner for you. So just evaluate how those, on those, those three categories, like how that person kind of aligns and then go from there. Yeah, no, I think it's really important to listen to how, like, it's really important to pay attention to how you feel when you're with the person and not just like whether they're checking all the boxes that you like think you need checked or just really like it's so important to how they make you feel and like your body like does try to tell you so much. So it's like actually paying attention to that is really important. Totally. I think being aligned with like being in tune with your body, um, like really listening to it because you're right. It does, it does tell you like yes or no. Um, you just have to, to, be willing to listen to it. Exactly. So like, how do you, so like, obviously through dating, people are going to be rejected. That's just inevitable. Any like advice or just affirmations people could tell themselves to give themselves more grace as they do navigate dating through rejection and just figuring out who they're going to spend the rest of their life with. Yeah. I think the more that you can really know your worth, the more you'll know one 
if somebody walks away from you, it has nothing to do with you. It, it probably has something to do with either them or something wasn't aligned with that connection that they felt with you. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. But I think, you know, people take rejection as like, I'm being personally rejected. Whereas maybe what you're offering them, that that's just not what they're wanting at this time. Um, but I think that that's, that comes from knowing your own sense of worth and of having that self-esteem and knowing what you bring to the table. Um, so it's being confident in who you are. And if somebody rejects you, that's okay. It's just leaving room for somebody else to come along and scoop you up. So, um, you know, not taking it as personally as I think a lot of us do. Um, but it does, you know, if it, in order for us to not take it personally, I think that we have to build up that self-worth because then you'll know, like it's, I'm, I'm still worthy of love and I'm still this special person and I'm still, I still bring a lot to the table, but this person just is not ready for it, isn't capable of get, giving me what I want. Um, you know, rejection is, is such a redirection sometimes and I think we have to remember that. Yeah. And it's so much easier said than done, but I completely agree. It's like a blessing that like they rejected you as early on as they did. So you can like, you know, find someone else sooner. So I think it is a blessing, but obviously it's still hard sometimes, but it's never personal. It's never like a reflection on you. As long as that you're presenting yourself as who you exactly are, then you should, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, it's nothing, it's nothing personal. I say that with a grain of salt also like you have to be showing up in the relationship how i've kind of said like you get to show up how you want other people to treat you so if you're you know being disloyal or you're being like manipulative like of course like it is it might be personal then because you're not showing up in a, a good way as a potential partner for that person so you know be mindful of how you're showing up too and um really get real with yourself too and and reflect back on okay was I being like my most authentic self? Was I showing up as my best self in this relationship? So it's really getting in touch with that too. But if you are showing up in the relationship with really great values and you're bringing a lot to the table and um, you're being like trustworthy and kind and respectful, then, you know, most likely it isn't personal and it's just like not a match for them on one of those like three C's that I've talked about, like the connection, the compatibility and the chemistry. Something is just a little bit off for them and that's okay. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you mentioned like really developing that self-worth and how important that is. How does someone develop self-worth? I think it took me a while to really find that in myself and to know that I was enough, but like, how do you suggest people do that if they're having trouble really developing that for themselves? I think it was very tough for me too. After my long-term relationship ended, I was like pretty beat down. I didn't really know myself. So I think the first step is getting to know yourself. So that means spending time alone with you. And sometimes that can be uncomfortable too, because- we are triggered a lot of times because we have to look at the parts of ourselves that maybe we need to work on a little bit. So that means taking care of our, our health, both like emotionally and physically and mentally. So taking care of the, those parts of ourselves, um, and then just like really wanting to grow and become the best version of ourselves. And then once we start taking action and hitting certain goals along the way, like we'll start stepping into that like better version of ourselves and we'll feel it. Like we'll feel like when we're, you know, showing up as a better person in society for our friends, for our family at work, you'll just notice certain things that you say differently or you do differently. Um, and that'll help develop that sense of self-worth. And 
you know, it, it takes a while sometimes and it takes repetition and it takes consistency. So the things like affirmations, the things like reading the self-help books, listening to podcasts, going to therapy or getting a life coach, if that's what you need, anything that will, will help you step into the next, next better version of yourself, um, will support that self-worth journey. Yeah. And I think for me, what was so critical and really finding that self-worth was creating a positive narrative in my head. I think for a long time, I was so hard on myself. Like I'm definitely a recovering perfectionist, very type A. So like if I didn't like do something to the best of my ability, I was like, quote unquote, like a failure or I just wasn't enough. And I was constantly trying to change and better myself. And it was like, finally, when I started to accept myself and talk positively to myself that it really had an impact on me realizing my self-worth and how incredible I am exactly how I am, but it definitely is a process and it's taken years for me to get to where I am. And obviously there's more self-respect and self-worth that I can develop, but I think it does take time, but it's really a huge, like the narrative you have about yourself is very impactful as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, we all are worthy inherently, but our mind doesn't know that. So it's, it's re-recognizing that growth in our, or that self-worth in ourselves. So it's like, okay, how can I affirm that? Because it's true but I've written a story in my mind. I've written the narrative in my mind that I'm not worthy, that I'm not enough. So it's like, how can I decondition that story and write a new one? And for as long as you've been telling yourself these negative things about yourself or believing you're a certain way, it's going to take you just as long to write a new story. So it takes that consistency and it takes you really committing to that journey within yourself of rediscovering your self-worth and, and re-knowing it because it's always been there. It's it's there now, but it's just you calling to mind that that's actually your truth. So it takes some time. Yeah, exactly. And it's so, it's so funny like when you like start like thinking like, why do I think I'm not a good enough? And then you start kind of questioning like some of these quote unquote rules that you've made like, oh, just because I didn't like do this, I'm not enough. And it's like, whose rules am I going based on? Because there's really no certain way that I'm supposed to be living. So like what makes me not being able to complete the task yesterday, like saying I'm not good enough. So it's really like questioning to like the things that you're like telling yourself, because it's just, you've, we've created so many things based on our, our experiences, like these quote unquote rules. And like, yeah. it's just a lot of unlearning and it takes time, but a lot of unlearning and a lot of deconditioning. And there's, I did a group course, a group coaching course back in February. And um, we did something called mirroring, like mirror work. And so um, I had the clients on the calls do like daily affirmations in the mirror and just like to reignite that like self-worth muscle and, and to really like affirm things to ourselves. And it's so super uncomfortable because we expect so much of ourselves and we're so hard on ourselves. Um, so if we can like really give ourselves grace and compassion along the way, I think that's when we'll also like let go of that fear of not being enough too. And I think about this as well, like when your friend comes to you with feelings of not being enough or feelings of not doing enough how how do we react to those conversations like we affirm them we tell them like how great they're doing and they should be so proud of themselves and give yourself grace and time to figure this out like why aren't we also telling ourselves those things it's like whatever you would tell your friend you also get to tell yourself too yeah and i think that's such a good like perspective to have when you are like getting frustrated with yourself. Like if like you cancel plans and you're so bummed that like you cancel plans and you don't want to like cancel plans, but it happens. And it's like, if your friend did that to you, you would, 
you know, it's fine. You'd move on. Like you wouldn't hold on to it. So it's like really, like you said, treat like every situation, like as if you would speak to your friend or someone really close to you or a child. Like, it's just like, you wouldn't be so harsh to them as you are to yourself. And it's just, we're human and we do that, but it's just being more gentle with yourself and kind. Absolutely. And so just like life advice, I feel like a lot of people are in this place. I feel like sometimes I'm in this place where like you just feel stuck, lost, and like not sure what to do with your life. What would be your first initial like things that you might tell them? I would say um, it's okay because a lot of us go through this. As as we go, I think through like our 20s, our 30s, even like our 40s, like and older, like no, no age limit on this, but there are going to be times when we just are feeling a little bit lost or we get off our path a little bit or we're outgrowing where we've been. And so just like, no, it's okay. And it happens and you're not alone. And then I think the more you get to know yourself, the more you'll know kind of like where you're being pulled or what you're wanting. Um, So spend time alone, spend time with yourself, get out there and do things, get out of your comfort zone. And then I'd also say like make a list of your passions and your interests and then, um, you know, go from there and see what what options are available for you. If you're wanting to set certain goals for yourself, you're wanting to challenge yourself, um, certain goals with like physical health, mental health, emotional health, whatever that looks like, um, like write that down because I think writing it down sometimes will help get it out of your brain and like put it on paper for you to actually see. And then you can start taking action so steps from there. Yeah, I love that idea. And I've like thought of that in the past when I felt stuck. And I think it's so cool when you try things and you think, like, you're like, oh, I really like that. Or I really don't like that. Or I'm really good at this, but I'm not good at that. It's like, there's a reason why you're really good at those things. And there's a reason why you have those interests. And there's a reason why you don't like those things. So it's like, pay attention to that. And maybe like, you know, explore that a little bit more because there's a reason why you have those interests and those strengths and everything. So I think that's such a good idea by writing it all down to like put it in front of you so you can kind of make more sense of it. Yeah. And you could see like how you kind of said, like, what am I good at? what am I good at? And, and what do I like? And like, what do I want to do? Or what do I crave to do? And like, see what intercepts each other. So like, if you think of like the two circles intercepting, like what could you do together? Or like, if you think of even a third circle, like what job is out there that also includes both what you're good at and what you want to like, what you are passionate about. So just thinking of like those three rings and like, what could be in the middle of that um, for like what you want to do moving forward. No, exactly. And what, like, like, how does someone really get in touch with who they are and really like identify all those things? Like, I know like for me, like slowing down and like, you know, really like listening to what my body was telling me really helped, but like any other recommendations? Yeah, I would say movement is, is essential for, for me and for a lot of my clients and my friends and family. I think movement helps to just release certain chemicals in your mind that allow you to get to a more creative state. So it allows you to think deeper and it allows you to think like more about your life as a, as a whole. Um, I think it just ignites certain things in you. So getting out and moving. So that could mean anything, you know, like running, yoga, lifting weights, cycling, walking, like just getting out and about and moving your body, I think helps a lot. Um, And then I think um, also while it's also important, like it's important to move your body, it's also important to slow your body down. So it's like, how can you turn off all of the volume outside and turn up the volume inside of your own voice? So, you know, things like meditating, things like journaling, um, reading self-help books or, you know, things like that, therapy, just to, just to have 
your voice be the one that's the predominant voice, I think also helps you get in touch with who you are because you'll learn, I'm noticing this about myself or, oh, I'm reading this and it doesn't align with me or I'm reading this and it does align with me. So it's like quieting everybody else's voice so that you can hear yours more. Yeah. Like really cutting out the noise. Like for me, it's like really eliminating social media. I feel like social media just never helps. It can be a comparison game. It truly can. And so obviously you have a very positive perspective on life and I feel like you like are able to see the good in all things. And I think I like, I'm someone who also does that, but I know like I, that's, I feel like that has come from me from experience. Like, is there any, like, have you always been super positive, always had a positive outlook on life or is it like your experiences really like just contributed to like the perspective you have? I think I've, I've been this way for as long as I can remember that, but there has been certain points in my life where I've kind of been forced to see the positive because I feel like when you're in such a low place, you need some kind of hope or bright side to grasp onto in order to keep going. So, you know, I went through that bad breakup four or five years ago and like I was really low and I, I, I was not always like warm and bubbly, but I knew that I kept the belief that like everything is working out even when it feels like it's not. So when it feels like it's not like we really have to have trust that it is, um, because that's what's going to pull you through some of the like really tough times. So, you know, and allowing yourself to feel it when you do feel like low, allowing yourself to feel shitty and like not great. And um, that's part of being a human. It's part of moving through is, is to allow yourself to feel it, but, but also like find some kind of light at the end of the tunnel um, is, is super important. So you know, I've, I've not always, I, I'm not always like warm and fuzzy and always positive. Cause I think there is such a thing as like toxic positivity. Um, but I think for me to move forward and heal and, and to be able to help others, I, there needs to be some kind of positive force guiding where I'm going. So, you know, having, having that belief that like things are working out has, has really pulled me through some of those really hard times. Absolutely. I would say the same thing is for me. Cause I like, you have to have hope. Like I always tell myself when things go wrong, like everything is happening for a reason, whether it made sense or not, like just take it as like a lesson and move on. And, you know, remember like life is happening for you. Everything in life is like happening for your benefit, for your future. And it doesn't always make sense, but just work through it. Cause it's going to get better. Yeah. And so, usually, yeah. usually it makes sense once you look back you know, it's always, it's always like when you look back, you can make more sense of it and piece it together better. Um, but you know, when you, when you're in the middle of it, it doesn't feel that way. So it's like, how can we, again, kind of train ourselves to know that this rejection is actually a redirection. It's happening for a reason. So, you know, figuring out those, those hopeful messages for yourself, like that, my mantra is that everything is working out even when it's not. So, but it's like clinging on to those little things that, that will pull you out um, of those dark places and have people there for you who support that for you too. No, exactly. Like having those affirmations, like ready to go when you're feeling like in a tough spot. Um, So obviously you help people create a life that they want to live, but like, what has been, like, how have you created the life that like you are living now and like, are you, or that you do on the daily to help you create the life that you want to live? 
Uh, it's a lot of dedication and consistency. Um, I will say my social media was very, very slow and steady growth for a long time. In the past couple of months, I've almost like quadrupled my followers and just like, it's just like really kind of blown up, but it's what people don't see is like all of the stuff that I've done over the years to get to where I am now. So it's like being, just being consistent, knowing um, kind of like your direction, um, having really good intentions behind what you're doing um, because that shows and people can feel that. So I always lead with like really good intentions of just wanting to help people and connect with people. Um, and then just starting before you're ready and starting and figuring it out along the way, I started my life coaching business and I was just like freaked out as soon as I hit like publish on my website. But I was like, here we go. Like I have to challenge myself. I have to try, um, as scary as it is, like feel, you have to feel the fear and do it anyway. So, um, I, I follow Mel Robbins a lot and she says, um, confidence is, is not, doesn't come from you like doing the easy things. It comes from you being so scared and not really knowing what you're doing, but just like doing it anyway. So feeling the fear of doing it anyways, that will create that confidence in you um, to be able to move forward um, and feeling better about what you're doing. Um, but yeah, you have to just feel the fear and do it anyways. It's scary and it's a jump and it's a leap of faith, but um, it could lead to like lead to many, many other opportunities for you. Yeah. And I think when you do those hard things, you prove to yourself that you can. And that means like you can do even more things than you like can't like have never like imagined. And I think you're right. Like you're never going to be fully ready to do something, but like you shouldn't wait until that you like are because you should just go for it because like you'll learn as you go. And it's just making those small steps. Like you said, the consistency, it's not like you grew overnight. It's like you took all these small steps to get there and nothing great will happen overnight. So you really have to put in the work. And I think like you had said, like the like the reason behind it all is because you want to help others. And I think that is our life purpose is really to serve others in some way. And I think remembering like you're not like motivated by the followers, but you're more motivated by like really touching more people and helping more people. Yeah, I think like the followers is great, but it's like the, what is the – what's the meaning behind that? And it's – that's impact that I get to create and connections that I get to make and – helping more people. So that's what that kind of means to me. Um, just because you feel like you're not ready doesn't mean you aren't. Like our mind just plays tricks on us and, and tries to make us believe that we're not ready because it tries to keep us comfortable and in our comfort zone. But like just because you don't feel ready doesn't mean you aren't. And so just push through that. Like you said, like do hard things because it will lead to like so much more and you actually getting the confidence along the way. Yeah. I love that so much. Like push through the fear. Like you can do anything you put your mind to. Like it might not be easy, but you can do it. So also what, like anything like now, like you're in this like place, like done a lot, like what would you tell your younger self? Just like if she was like worried about like what her future held for her or something like that. I, I would just tell her to, to keep following her heart. Cause I feel like my heart has never really guided me wrong ever. Um, because I, I do have really good intentions and I just know that in my heart. And so I know that my actions stem from my heart and, and wanting to help people and, and genuinely feeling connected to my purpose of using my story, what I've been through to help others. And so I would just tell her to keep following that because she's on the right path and, and your heart will never like guide you wrong. So 
uh, I just have to keep believing that and keep like listening to that little voice in me and, and the gut feeling and, and just keep going after what is continuing to bring that heart out. Definitely. And are there any like self-help podcasts or books that you would recommend or that you listen to or read? Oh, yes. Um, a few books that I really love. Um, I recommend them a lot to my clients. Um, you Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay is a big one. I listen to it every time I fly, literally. <laughs> I read an audiobook. Um, you Can Heal Your Life. Expectation Hangover is really great. Um, the book Attached um, goes over like kind of like your attachment style and dating. Um, what other ones? Um, the four agreements is great. Um, the five love languages I talk about all the time. Um, and then Mel Robbins has her five second rule and also her high five habit book that are both great. And I'm also reading right now, uh, Jay Shetty's eight rules of love. So, um, just a few like little plugs there, but, um, as far as podcasts, um, I listen to Mel Robbins podcast, Jay Shetty podcast, um, the Angie Lee podcast. I don't know if many people, I don't know if you know about that one, but she's very, just like so authentic. So herself, so silly, goofy, but she has like really great guests and really great concepts on her podcast that I love. So she's like, so unapologetically herself, um, there's the earn your happy ha- podcast by Lori Harder. I like Yeah, just a few. <laughs> yeah, no, those are awesome. I love Jay Shetty. I love Mel Robbins, but I'll have to check out the other two you mentioned cause I had never heard of them. Yeah, and then are there any like habits that you've like incorporated into your life that really help you live like a happy, healthy life? I would say movement. I mean, physical health and mental health are so intertwined. Um, I think my, physical health is probably the best it's ever been. It's because I focus on the benefits of of it on my mental health. So when you do it for the right reasons, usually the results will be be there and and will continue to be there. So I would say movement is one of my big ones and um, listening to my podcasts, reading my books, um, Creating content, like I said, is like my journal. So that's therapeutic for me. Um, but, you know, people can do that in other ways. Like um, I have a client who voice messages himself just to kind of like get it out and like speak it. He doesn't want to do like obviously a content creation or anything, but he likes to like speak it and, and to listen to it later. Um, so I think that's a great idea. Journaling, meditation. Um, I listen to meditations before I go to bed just to kind of quiet my mind. And then like nutrition is huge too. I think what you're feeding your body um, is, you know, essential in creating that health for yourself too, both mental and, and physical. So, yeah, I love all those. And I, I think you're so right. Like the why and, and like the attention intention of why you like are doing a certain workout is like so important. That like was very life changing for me as someone who like had struggled with like eating disorders and overexercise, like changing the why of why I'm doing it and not for like not for like what I'm going to look like, but more so like how it's going to make me feel afterwards. And I also agree just like getting things off your chest. Like if like you're struggling with something internally and you're not like haven't said it to anyone, like it's just going to be so trapped in you. And I know whenever I like, I call my mom and just tell her what's going on and like get it off my chest. It just like feels so much better. So I think that like, even just like the voice moments to yourself, like can be so helpful. Yeah. And I think, you know, having those people in your life, those, that support system, is is crucial um and any kind of healing or focusing on on your mental health or just like lifestyle and and living 
healthily in general, you need to have those people that you can go to, to vent to and to get support from or who will, you know, show up for you, who will challenge you and who will give you perspective and and mindset. Um, So having those people in your life is, is crucial. Totally. And so the last two questions I always like to end with is the first being, what is your favorite quote or piece of advice? So my motto is just that everything is working out even when it feels like it's not, especially when it feels like it's not, like it's really working out for you. Just so just trust that it is. Um, It's just been something that has carried me through, like I said, through like really awful times in my life when I literally didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I believed that it was there. Um, So I would say that's that's my favorite. That's my go-to. Yeah, I love that so much. And then what is something you do every day that brings you joy? Ooh, that brings me joy. I, I focus on like little things, like a warm cup of coffee in the morning, just like having that moment for myself, um, is, is so it's so little and it's so minute, but it's so special to me. It brings me like so much joy. So it just like goes to show like the little things are the big things. Um, so having that like first cup, first sip of, of coffee in the morning is like so joyful for me. Yeah, I love that. I have I drink tea and that's the same for me. It's just like it is the little things that like make all the little things throughout your day just like make it so special. Yeah, they say like romanticize your life. I totally romanticize my coffee. So Yeah, enjoy the all the little things in life. Um but if you want to let everyone know um where they can find you and follow you. For sure. So my Instagram is Natalie Bell9. Um and then my TikTok is Natalie underscore Bell. B-E-L-L. And then I also have my life coaching website, with this, which is chatswithnat.com. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Natalie, for being on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.